welcome to the CBS and Days edition of Daytime Confidential, brought to you by DaytimeConfidential.com. On today's show, we discuss the debut of Forbes March on As the World Turns, Rick Hurst returns to The Bold and the Beautiful, the return of Craig to Days of Our Lives, Bill and Lizzie's wedding on Guiding Light, and John Driscoll debuts on The Young and the Restless. All this and much more on today's show, so stay tuned. welcome hi mel surviving the floods welcome hey jamie welcome hello well um (laughs) let's discuss i hate to do this to you every single time mel so i'll just do it again let's discuss as the world turns for a moment (laughs) um you were emailing me during the week and you said that you were amazed at the Mora West scenes with her battle with alcohol. What'd you think? The intervention scenes with Carly were amazing. Mara West, that woman is an actress, I tell you. Oh my gosh. Like she just did not want to admit that she was an alcoholic until Jack got up there and brought her back to her childhood and was like, come on, admit it. You know this. And there was that Carly and Jack connection. And it just, oh, I loved it. The Carly and Jack stuff was good. Jamie, you watched it. What'd you think? You've been more critical of the dr- drinking storyline. So what'd you think? Uh, I've seen that same intervention set up so many times and it just, this whole story has fallen flat for me. And, Yes, Mara, you know, I mean, she she's one of those people you could, you could, you know, pay to watch the phone, read the phone book, as they say, but it just, it just all fell flat. I mean, the setup, you know, the setup has to work for an alcoholism storyline and this instant storytelling they're doing, I didn't buy it. I wasn't emotionally connected to this. Yes, Mara is a, all the actors involved are brilliant, but it just didn't impress me particularly that much, I have to say. Um, but I did enjoy a lot of As the World Turns this week. Um, Henry. <laughs> Henry was amazing. <laughs> oh, man. What wow, that's something, because you're not a big fan of that character. No, I'm not, but he killed me this week as this... Um, Let me hear you roar! Oh! This Geneva Oh, yeah, character. Kim. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good, powerful moments between vets on this show this week, or, you know, getting, you know... A lot of them got a chance to shine. Barbara, Emma. Ooh, since Mike yeah. isn't here, I have to talk about the PNG girls. You know, Barbara Ellen was Coleman. amazing, even if it was opposite of Paul. Colleen Spencer, yeah, uh, Kathleen Widows, they all Emma did was awesome. good stuff. You know, and um, the lady that plays Susan, what is her name? Um, Marie. Yeah. Uh, oh, Susan right. Masters. Susan Masters. There we Susan go. Masters. She was amazing too. I was like, now Marie Wilson. Where'd you get Marie? I well, was I was going to say Marie Masters, and I was like, that doesn't oh. quite work. <laughs> but, you know, this show was actually quite watchable this week, except for two concepts stolen embryos and microchips in the brain. Well, oh. and I was going to ask about that because, I mean, we've had microchips in the brain, brains on. CDs on Days of Our Lives. I was telling Jillian beforehand, this show is turning into As the Days Turns Into General Hospital. I just feel like... Okay, and before, you know, because I'll catch hell for this. No, Days was not always supernatural. (laughs) But when Riley took over, for the most part, he did it 
well and had a passion for it. Was some of it ridiculous? Yes. And, you know, and some of it wasn't even Riley. It was people after he left or in his interims trying to keep it going. But this just came out of nowhere. This what Riley actually, and that's my whole point. Do I think Riley's stuff was all good? No. A lot of it was hokey and ridiculous. But it was planned out. No one could say that it wasn't planned out. They're just, this is a quick fix. Oh, everything Paul has done is now because of a microchip. That's just lazy writing. And and I just, I'm sorry, they aren't paying attention. I don't, you know, it's not just us, other people. I've been seeing other reviews of this show. What makes Chris Goutman think that we want to see three men fight over Meg? It's, no. Meg, it's the Knights of the Meg's Round Table. I mean, three men are now fighting over Meg. You know, Dusty, I mean, uh, three men basically, well, two of them that have major history with Lily, you know, Dusty and Damien, Damien, you know, I'd rather see Lily having Holden, Damien and Dusty fighting over her or a good Bonnie recast her with Brooke Kerr or someone, you know, decent Renee Ellis Goldsberry, someone decent and have Dusty with you know, go ahead and play that up. No one but the powers that be want to see Meg in a storyline with three people revolving around her. No one. And I, we, I just don't get that. But Can we pause for a second? I don't understand weaves. I still think Bonnie's hair looks fine. But what I do know is that Dusty's hair looks like it has the Veldi's oil slick on it. And it looks uh, and to Bonnie's me... Bonnie's hair looks like they took... Tons of stray weave and different hair pieces from different people and just stitched it all up in there in her head together. They glued it all, Jamie. They well, didn't even they, stitch it. They need yeah. to give him a haircut and apparently fix her weave. I don't know, but he needs a haircut so that it just, ugh. They need it's almost to cut, unbearable to watch. They need to cut uh, Roger Howard's hair, too. That was just terrible. He uh, he went into surgery, but he has a full set of hair. He has a full head of hair. And he has no bandage on his head. You couldn't get, like, you could have bandaged his hair. Oh, that's, or, yeah. Or at least that's he had a bald cap. That was just ridiculous. And, oh, man, I hate to, well, you'll hear in the performance of the week who gets it, but forget it. I mean, whatever. I'll say it. He's you know, terrible. He's yeah. terrible. Now, Let's talk about some of the good stuff, though, because okay. I, I well, thought about this long and hard, and I was like, <laughs> I wrote down the pros and cons of this show this week. Well, let's let's talk about <laughs> some good stuff. I thought one of the good things was Forbes' March debut, though as yes. someone, as a, as a reader, or possibly Jamie pointed out on the blog, I don't know who it was, but credit to whoever wrote it, um, what's up with people wearing scarves in July? It was <laughs> like, to my response was, well, maybe it's Christmas in July in Oakdale. <laughs> uh, Mel, what did you think of Ford March's debut? I liked it. I, You know, I miss seeing him as Nash on One Life to Live, but it was nice just to see him there. And hopefully he will spice up this Luke and Noah sleeper going on here. But I didn't. And Luke him. is another one who needs a haircut. He's well on his way to the Valdez oil slick, too. Uh, Jamie, what did you think of Ford March? I was I was impressed, you know. It's finally a storyline rooted in their characters, you know. When we met Noah, he was the budding young filmmaker, and Luke was the budding young writer. So finally, lo and behold, they're telling a story with that that doesn't involve psycho grandpas or psycho <laughs> daddies and stuff like that. So I'm I'm intrigued. It seems like it could possibly be just a good old fashioned love triangle. I say they bring on another boy. 
you know, maybe a newspaper editor for Luke and, you know, have a good old quad going. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued so far. You know, I think that, well, I know that, the, you know, the, they had this romantic move, uh, music playing. Mason and Noah had a lot of chemistry in that scene. So they need to really focus on playing it right because, well, you know, for the longest time, As the World Turns was the only gay game and i mean the only gays in the game but now they've got you know everybody's doing a gay storyline the view has a gay no you um i don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast but i know jamie you and i have discussed it off the air that they really need to try and do something to connect noah to the canvas because if they would then it would you'd have two core characters there well that... i don't really feel you know i say that meaning yeah, I, well, let me preface that because I don't want to suddenly find out that Paul Ryan is Noah's father. I hate that kind of stuff. Tying him to the character just means letting him interact with more people. I'm not one of those people that believes it's so unrealistic that everyone has to end up being everybody's son and daughter and magic brother. I'm, you know, speaking of which, uh, this boy that's, you know, now he's been kissing and tonguing. Hunter. Uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's kissed all of them, but Susan and, you know, n- now, um, ugh, he's there. He's Emily's another one of her stray eggs come home to roost. It's just like, well, it was, a, why... it was a poached egg. What do you expect? It's why just, don't they just no. bring her son? Why don't they just bring her son home instead of having her try to be a mother now? Why can't they just bring her kid home? And they, they already did this story with, um, when Allie was first Soras, they had Allie learn that Emily was her bio mother, and you know that never. So why it's like she's no more this kid's mother than she is Allie's mother. So you know, I mean, but she's biologically both of their mother, but she didn't carry either the term, and it's just all shades of crazy. Now, I don't Mel, know why, they, why just not bring Emily's kid on so she can be a mother to that kid instead of having Hell's, her? You're too referring to Hell's child. Oh, no, no, she no, doesn't have like, a child no, with no, She no, has no, a child with Tom. Damn, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. You had me all losing my train of thought when you did that. Don't do that. It was just, it's not just all shades of craziness when you try to have her be a mother to these grown-ass kids. Give me a break. Like, stop trying to paw a kid off on her or get her. And the actor's not that good. I mean, okay, if this was a Tom Pelfrey or a Tyler Christopher or a Sarah Michelle Geller when she came on, we buy those insta-kids when they're played mm-hmm. by... I mean, and well, Tom, um, Jonathan wasn't an insta-kid. I mean, that was rooted in the show's princess storyline. This is just... The actor's not that... I mean, he's okay, but he's nothing to write home about. So it's like, what was the point of this? I mean, Emily needs a storyline, not this... Oh, have this... you seen for next week? Her and Paul are going to end up making out because he can't remember and he only remembers Emily. That's in the previews for next week. Mel, Mel, I wanted to ask you about Emma. How does Emma. he only remember Emily when he doesn't remember his mama? I don't know. I really don't want to think about it. I don't like the well, fact Well, I liked that... Paul and Emily. Now, I liked me some Paul and Emily. I and Till the Bear Trap? I would not be opposed to... <laughs> or was to... that Dusty? No, she trapped Dusty in a bear trap. That's mm-hmm. right, Dusty in a bear trap. She shot the shit out of Paul. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't tell Emily Stewart. I loved that. That was some good stuff right there. Now, but, Mel, mm-hmm. we touched mm-hmm. on it earlier. Uh, Meg goes hard on Emma. Or not Emma, but Emma no, goes hard it. on Meg. There we go. Hallelujah. Emma. 
Meg was like, can you watch Eliza for a second? Stormed out of the house. And Emma said, oh, but hell no. Meg, get your scrotty behind back in this house. And she told her what she needed to tell her. And it was so good to see Emma on the screen, period. And to see her going hard on Meg, of all people. Wonderful. It just felt as though that Emma was speaking for the audience. Why are you running after this boy? He's a nut. And why does it have to be televised? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she could have added a line like that. But no, when Barbara came over there pleading Paul's case, that was some good old-fashioned soapy drama. Yep. Yeah. You have the two yep. matriarch battling this out. There's all the good history there with Stenbeck and everybody knowing what kind of man... See, I think that's all you needed. All you need to know is that Paul's father was a monster and this colors his behavior. But he did something heroic to try to save Meg. So he has the, you know, that Ryan He has the hook spirit is, good. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Ryan spirit is battling with the Stenbeck spirit. But you didn't need the microchip. You just didn't need the microchip. Someone wrote that it reeks of Lumina, which, you know, is the end game storyline that killed another world under Gautman. It's mm-hmm. like... Bob, I, you know, I'm sitting there poor, and I'm going to be honest, Days, I've said this before, I get crapped on about this, but I, I still maintain it because I have watched Days for 30 years, and I'm sorry, Days, even in the 80s, was a romance novel. It wasn't a supernatural or a sci-fi romance novel, but I always felt like any soap that could get away, I mean, and GH had a ton of sci-fi in the 80s, but Days didn't, but I always felt like Days would be the soap that could get away with something kooky. You know, because it, it was always like a more of a romance novel. As the world turns, doesn't need microchips. They just mm-hmm. don't. I mean, and for I know that guy, Don Hastings is sitting there like, I'm having to recite lines about a microchip in someone's brain. And, and try, they even tried to have the audacity to try to make it realistic. Oh, well, they've been doing And maybe they have been doing that with autism and this and that, but it's just like no. This well, is just... but then after he says that to himself, he thinks, "Well, it could be worse. I could be in PPAC." Jillian, yeah. Rick Hurst returned to the bold and the beautiful. Oh no, we have to talk about Henry. You know, like I oh, said. Oh yeah. Okay. Geneva's... We have to talk about Henry. I I'm thought... gonna hit you raw. Ah, Trek Dawson. Before I'm not gonna lie, I thought he used to be. This is just me, so don't try to be like. Ugh. This is Jillian, not everybody else's. I thought that Henry was just a little bit over the top. He just came off too cabaret-ish, but he's funny. And I started to sit down and like, you know, even though some of the shit that goes on on that show is just outrageous, I sit down and I'm like, you know what? I could get down with Henry. Henry is Henry is fabouche. Trent Dawson is fabouche. But he just started ho-checking as his alter ego, Geneva, started ho-checking Vienna for her bad behavior and then tried to come on to Brad in one instance and check him in one instance. He's just funny. He is funny. I wish they would keep Geneva on. Oh, Oh, it's too late. It's too too late. Friday's episode, it was all revealed, Mel. I know, but... He's getting all freaked out, too, about like anytime she calls him fat. He's like (laughs) checking his butt. Uh, Yeah, that was funny. Mel, what'd you think? Oh, like, it's just like Jillian said. I wish they could have kept on going longer, but of course, this is as well turns, so things have to end quickly. But the reveal was what it was. It was a reveal. I don't know. 
see, by as the world turns standards, this storyline's lasted much longer than both. <laughs> the only story that line that's lasted longer is the ongoing Sega saga of Megan Paul. My or J- Jamie, what do you think? I know you want to go into it, so what- no, I just I thought it was hilarious. It was a breath of fresh fresh air. I actually found myself bursting out into hysterical laughter every third scene with Brad trying to tell. Um, Kim, that you know, this oh, that was woman funny. was sexually harassing him, and uh, and it gave She's me in my back. Room I said, "This is the thing." You said I didn't like. You said earlier that I've never liked the character. I've never said that. There you go. Put words in my mouth. I said I always thought he was a side character and a good side character, and I had that again. Even though he wasn't the side character, it was Katie for once. I had my Henry and Katie. <laughs> Acting crazy and her going, Henry, Henry. that is where I fell in love with Henry. When they, uh-huh. you know, they were partners in crime, and oh yeah, that was good stuff. And Brad and Vienna, and, you know, <laughs> and I'm that I can't wait to see next week how how Vienna reacts to you know this. Her boyfriend ruined her new TV career, so I mean that's well, her, she's with this show you have to. Oh, is she? She's going to threaten it. Like, she tells Henry, it's over. I'm going back to where is she? Oh, okay. I don't want to. Oh, I I thought you were just guessing. I don't want to know the spoiler. No, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. uh, You know, with this show, you have to take the happiness where you can find it. And that made me happy. Let's let's go to Bold the Beautiful. Uh, Jillian, Rick Hurst returned as whip and i love the scene i never watched i had never watched um him on that show prior but his reintroduction i thoroughly enjoyed the scenes what did you think oh rick hurst always brings his a-game no matter what soap he's on he has uh chemistry with everyone he encounters he has great comedic timing even though bold and the beautiful is pretty much camp city he still displays his acting abilities and doesn't use the ham fest as an excuse to sh- to not show his acting chops. I loved it. I love him to death. He has chemistry with everyone. He had chemistry with everyone in the room. You can do a storyline with him with anyone in that room. I, I especially liked when they were doing the interview scenes. They, I don't know if it was just me, just being me. I thought it was funny that they had someone in there talking about focus groups. I'm like, did they just do a dig on GH with the focus groups thing? Because I can't remember verbatim what the girl says, but she's like, you know, everybody uses focus groups to see what people like. And I'm like, that just sounds like a chill Farron Phelps right there with her crap. <laughs> I thought they were doing a dig. Maybe Rick went in that writer's room and was like, hey, you know, this would tweak up the scene a little bit. But I love Rick Hurst on there, and I hope, I really hope, we all know how Brad Bell gets down. He brings them in with a good storyline, and then he just... Uh, uh, well, that just used to happen. be his story. Uh, Don Diamant might say, <laughs> yeah, I used to say that too. It's like, he can't even bring him, you know. Ugh. Jamie, I want to ask you about that, because earlier J- Jillian mentioned General Hospital. And mm-hmm. seeing him on there, for me, it was a little bit bittersweet, because it reminded me of how wasted he was on General Hospital. What did you think of his debut or his return? Mm, I never, you know, I Rick Hurst is one of my favorite soap actors, but I I never got all, Rick put my Carly in a bed and chained her to a wall and was going to snatch her baby and kill her dead. I never got the, the Rick. The I, ne- I never got the Rick love, especially when the debate would always be, 
how much more, I guess, moral he was than Sonny. I'm like, hello, he was going to kill a pregnant woman and let her die. I mean, let her have a baby and then die. Kill her. But, you know, so I never was a big, when he was with Alexis, I did kind of like, I liked that part. But yeah, anyway, I, yeah, GH, I'm not like, yeah, I liked Whip a lot better than I did uh, Rick. So I'm glad he's back at BNB. I hope that whoever has been impersonating Brad Bell for the last three years will uh, let the real Brad, Brad ugh, let the real Brad Bell come home. Well, um, did you hear what he, sorry, not to cut you off, but did you hear he, uh, I read somewhere, I can't remember where I read, but I read somewhere online that Brad Bell is talking about retiring. So maybe he's channeling his inner retiree right about now or something. Oh, I haven't I seen that now. It. Where did you read that at? I think I read it in Nelson's column that in the Sudge report that he that Susan Flannery made a was speaking about something and she's about Brad Bell retiring and she's like, "You're not gonna retire after the Emmys? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Who who is he gonna leave it to? Kay Alden?" I know. I'm like, <laughs> okay. As much as we harp on Brad Bell, get your stuff together, boys. Stop playing. He, well, he needs to hire a decent showrunner if he's going to retire. I mean, no. There's no. Not, I mean, if he's burned out. I mean, and that's the thing. Primetime shows burn out all the time. I mean, we've seen primetime shows hit slumps after two or three seasons. I'm sure you can get burned out after 21 years of writing the same characters. That's why you go get a Sri Rao or a Tom Racina or promote Patrick Mulcahy or, you know... There's no shit. I would if if more people said that and admitted it, and just you know, I mean, and it's a business for him too. So maybe it's a business decision if he's burned out that that and decides to do that. I, you know, I haven't read that myself, but I'm just saying, you know, fine, you know, get Sri Rao and some or you know, get. I'd, I'd send Sri Rao to as the world turns. Uh, no, uh, let's save uh, a ship that's not already that we don't already know is headed for the ice. That hasn't already been torpedoed. You I know, mean, Shri yeah. Rao did not do anything to deserve to go over there. Stop it, Luke. <laughs> I, I mean, like his night shift too. Yeah, but he. Like, that's, that's what, I'm that's what saying. we're saying. Why should he be punished by having to go? To <laughs> oh, the I see. Okay. Well, Jillian, um, keep up, Luke. Keep up. No, no, I don't. It's so funny if he keeps up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, Victor Alfieri debuted too. I forgot about that. So many debuts this week. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. There were a lot of people on all the soaps. It seemed almost. Uh, so, what did you think of Ridge and Taylor, Jillian? What do I think of them? It's just garbage, is what I think of them. You last week, you did not want to hook back up with Taylor because you still loved Brooke. But as soon as Taylor gives you some cat trap. She lets you get no! that trap. You want to go back to her and, you know, word on the street. Oh, let me stop saying word on the street. But, you know, rumor has it. Well, it's not even a rumor. He's going to get married to her, I think, next week. It's ridiculous. It is just all shades uh, of wrong. No. And mm, I don't like it one bit. I mean, we know it's the whole Brooke Ridge Oh, Jesus, Taylor Triangle, but enough's enough now. Like, Ridge needs to be on his own and start to think about things. These women need to say, you know what? You are the one that causes this whole battle by being indecisive. And they just need to go about their merry ways and have Ridge be the one trying to chase them down for 
for once in a while. It's Archie, well, Betty, and Veronica. It really yeah. is. It really is. Because I was going to yes. ask you about that, Jamie. Was it a little bit bittersweet to see Brooke turn around the very next week after saying you two be together and saying I want him, ba- I want you back? Well, it's classic Bold and the Beautiful. They're basic. They're basically back in go back to what works mode. But I have to say, it's like after two decades of this, it's just. Who cares? I used to be the biggest. I bought. I believed all that stuff. Always Ridge and Brooke, true love forever. I bought that. I did. I wanted the girl from the valley to get her man, you know. But now I'm like, they're all about to be independent, and we're still having the storyline, and it's just it's stupid. I mean, Ridge needs to be with one of these women and be done with it. And the other woman needs a new leading man and that needs to be it. And I would prefer that it be, you know, well, I think that popularity wise, I definitely think Ridge and Brooke are their money couple. They always have been, but I don't, but as a fan of Brooke, I don't want her saddled with Ridge anymore. Me either. I would just rather them reunite Ridge and Taylor and let Brooke, Go on and be the fabulous, wonderful character. Catherine Kelly Lang is a great crier. Make no mistake, she's one of the best criers in daytime. But that's not why I fell in love with Brooke Logan. I fell in love with Brooke Logan because when she didn't get her way, she'd slip out of her clothes and walk around in her panties and entice all the men and take over the company and and then wear the showstopper and be the dazzling temptress that everyone wanted and it drove Stephanie crazy. Now they've given that role to... Plastica, and it's like uh, I'm sorry. Jennifer Garris is a a shiny wooden nickel compared well, to Catherine well, and, Kelly Lang, well, and I well, do not want to see her as the one that you know. It's like it's this one. Both in the beautiful reminds me of like when the Dukes of when the original Dukes of Hazard left, and they brought in the fake ones. It's like they think that Donna is Brooke. It's like Donna's the fake Brooke and Pam is the fake Stephanie. We don't want them. I mean, they're okay in small doses, but they're not. Yeah. You know, the Forrester fashion show should not be about these characters, these characters no one care about. Well, and Jillian, do you think that it it also magnifies the lack of depth they have in their younger cast? Because every oh. time I think – every time I see Brooke and Ridge and Taylor, I think to myself – the reason that they're so dependent on them now is because there's nothing there in the 20 and teen sets to make up for it. I mean, you have Amber and Deacon on Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Amber and Deacon were the young adults on Bold and the Beautiful instead of well, Young hell, and the Restless? Sean, those young adults you're talking about are 30. Well, so. I know, but I but, but they're I, still okay, in the I young adult set on they've my had a, They've but, had a decade to build after Amber, Rick, and... Um, Bridget and Deacon, they have had a full decade, and it's there's no excuse. I mean, they, it's bad casting. I mean, you have this boy is Thomas. You have Jacqueline McKinnis Wood, Drew Tyler Bell, Jack, all these people. Texas they have battle. one. They have right. one good young adult, and that's Brandon Beamer. And the rest of them are losers. I mean, including Kyle Lauder, they're terrible. Kyle Lauder started off okay, but you know, all of them need to be recast. You know, they need to get that. I never thought I would wish for Justin. What was his name? Torkinson, whatever. The second adult Rick after um, Jacob Young. I mean, that's who I wish. If they could just steal Jacob Young back as Rick and, you know, save him from all my children. Bring him back as Rick. I mean, 
that's what Maria Bell should do next, to be honest. If, if Brad sends Rick off on that show, they need to get him off. Well, no, that would drive the wire in our fans who didn't watch B&B crazy. He'd be like, enough! They're well, already, but, like, freaking out about Sean. But. Jillian, what did you, do you think? Do you think that the, the young adult thing is in bad shape? I and, think it is, and that's why they're focusing on, you know, the senior. They're not that old, but, you know, they're focusing on the senior Forrester a family feud slash triangle instead of the junior Forrester triangle because they're just all shades of boring. They're just all shades of boring and they're all and they're all shades of bad acting. If they had potential, if they had really good actors in the role, I think it would have some sort of potential. But for what just drive, what just drove me crazy watching it was the fact that Ridge and Taylor are pro markets. But not too long ago, Ridge did not want Marcus and Steffi to be together because she was Donna's kid. That was his only hang-up. He didn't know the kid from a can of paint, but just because he's Donna's kid, oh, I don't like him. But now since it's Rick, oh, I am so for, I am so for Marcus. He's a really good guy. Give me a break. It's well, they need to get Lawrence and Victor, you know, oh, or somebody in mm-hmm. that can actually act to play Marcus. I mean, Texas Battle, I'm sorry. He can't he act. Him. He can't even recite his lines well. No, well, he can't. And I had fun laughing at that. Sorry, I mean, that it's just sad. I mean, it's like, and it, it's not fun to say that. It's just sad trying to watch them, them act, you know. And now you've got them all together, like Drew Tyler Bell. It's like I thought we were rid of him, and now he's back. Oh, he's on contract yeah. now. But yeah. Mel? To just show mm-hmm. up when you're not ready. Mel, last week we discussed Guiding Light and what was the beginning of the Bill and Lizzie wedding. And we were concerned about how it was going to end up because they were going to um, be doing it in a meadow. I know that I had said a lo- something along the lines of my final memory. Oh, I was hoping it to be <laughs> in a church, and it ended up being out there. I got a great final memory. No matter what happens, I'll just always remember Bill and Lizzie at that dance. But I was texting you throughout the week, and we were—I mean, we were talking about it. And in addition to Alexander popping out of bushes, she was <laughs> sitting on coolers. And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> shout at me. You shouted at me via text message. The woman has no jewelry. Alexander Spaulding is not wearing jewelry at a wedding and that she got a t-shirt on. Are you serious right now? Well, you saw what they did with the money. They donated yeah. that money. Well, <laughs> no. This is where I got mad at this show this week. The Spaulding men went on a camping trip driving a Ford. Are things really that bad at Spaulding Enterprises? I thought Lizzie and, and Bill teaming up helped the company. They're driving a, a Ford SUV, not a Lincoln, Escalade not or, a Escalade, yeah. not a Mercedes, not a Beamer. The Spaldings, international billionaires, mm-hmm. are driving off in a Ford. And Bill drives a Lincoln. But I was like, they y'all ain't got to do them they, like that. Why they couldn't borrow Bill's Lincoln? That's and then Tele, Telenex could have arranged that. They could have got a deal with Cadillac. Well, not only somebody. that, but all you have to do is get a rental car. Yeah, I'm like, rent them a luxury SUV. I mean, at least give us the fantasy that they're a wealthy family again. You know, anyway. Mel, what'd you think of the wedding? Oh, okay. I think I'm going to get it for this because I think I'm the only Guiding Light fan out there that just did not like that wedding at all. 
I don't know. I How just, long was that wedding for? It was what? Friday, Monday? Friday, Monday. Monday, and maybe part of Tuesday. A little like, bit, like shit. I just what? I couldn't get over it. I'm like, Lindsay <laughs> Spalding is walking down the aisle on carpet rugs and dirt she in tennis shoes. Okay, now okay, I will I will say this because last week I did mention the tennis shoes thing, but someone pointed out that with Marcy Ryland being pregnant, her on he- high heels might not necessarily be the best of things. So she, I she maybe the tennis on. She could have wore some yeah. nice white, you know, flats or something. Instead but tennis shoes? The, she was wearing chucks. I was more amused at the fact that Alan and Alexander were drinking out of plastic Saint shoot fl- or uh, champagne flutes. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. Just, it's, just, it's just too much. It's too depressing. I mean, it's not. It's not funny. You know, it's not funny. It's just. Yes, it is. It's, no, it's not. It's, it's really like, not because this is. You know, this is still people. There are investors that invested Procter and Gamble, that invested Teldex. Caroline Hidsey said, "I love this because you know we always get you know this. There's this thing with us. What you know, if you love us, we're on. If not, we're not journalists. Whatever." I read in Soap Opera Digest. I was reading Caroline Hidsey's column, um, and she said something to the effect of, "If and I said this weeks ago, and it just made me go, aha, because you know I love her column." Um, I haven't been reading it a lot lately, but I have sat down and read it, and she said something to the effect of if she was an investor at a cable channel and she turned this on, she would have turned that mess off. And I said, thank you, Carolyn Hidsey, for saying what we've been saying the whole time. And we it's like we have to tread on water with it. It's like, I knew that. I'm sorry. Yes, we saw what they managed to make it better after all the years of in the light and the horrible shoddy camera work and them getting it under control. But if you take that mess into a lifetime development exec or a Wii, it still lo- has looked like a hot $3 mess. And it, 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 you know, at least the stories got good for a while. Now they've descended back into just ridiculousness and all those loud songs. Why do I need to hear that song when Alan Spalding is going to the bathroom? What what is it? Where's the where's the relevance? I mean the, the music doesn't even matter. And then when somebody's making love, it's just like a little kid is in there. Or there's or there's no love being made by Otalia. Or, you know, it'll be like a normal, just fun scene, and it's just this dramatic. Yeah, well, but there's nothing we can do about the sound now. It's basically too late. Well, there's nothing we can do about anything now. Mel, what did you think? Or tell me about Jeffrey's death. He's declared dead. We have, we had this last week that Ava is returning. I don't know why we had to have Ava return. I don't see any. I don't see any. She can mourn. Well, I you I take that back because Reva has been through cancer, been hit in the head with an Advil, everything else, and we can't even get Mara back. You know, the eighteen girls like played Mara. Well, and like yet Ava head. could return at a flip of a coin. Friend of Ellen Wheeler, probably. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, she went on. Did, I'd love to come back to guy in light. Oh, really? You well, would? Well, we would rather back. see Laura Bell Bundy. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Mara Shane Lewis. We don't want that anyway. gal back. So, Mel, wh- mm-hmm. 
what what's going on with Jeffrey? What's coming down the pipe? Well, Jeffrey has been declared. I'm sorry. Be quiet. Jeffrey has been declared dead. Of course, we cannot find a body, so you know what that means. But Ugh. for the time being, as I should Fritz say, Fritz Richard will be back. Though I hope so. Oh, I miss him. But yeah, the only thing that you know, I don't like Jeffrey. I never did. Never have. Never will. But the only yeah, thing about know. this, it gave me Josh and Reva on my screen, and it was wonderful. So, how many deaths are coming down the pipe? Uh. Pipe. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, and one of them is absolutely ridiculous. Like there's no reason to kill this one person. I, you're gonna be mad. I'm not gonna say who it is, but um, yeah, there's at least two. No, oh, okay. three, three. I'm sorry, oh. I forgot somebody. One is an accident. The other is like natural causes. I guess you call that. And the other one, I think, is murder. So now before we go on. We touched on it briefly. Um, they gave $10,000 to PPAC. They're giving away the wardrobe. Is it a little bit... I mean, I sort of feel like I'm watching like some movie... I mean, I'm I the Repo Man. It's, it's like watching the Repo Man come. And no, like everything you're watching... That's being dismantled. It's like the Old South after the war. Carpetbaggers and scalawags. <laughs> roaming about get your free food pies get up here I do declare um no. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 40 acres of the view it's, <laughs> it's like I don't know it's just this is just a tacky way to end the show well here. though though to be fair the clo- the wardrobe is going to help women who are looking for jobs in New York City and get it get on their feet. No, that I guess a that's a good thing. thing. That's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful yeah. thing. And Women I'm sure don't wear any of those get ups that Marcy Rowland has been wearing because you won't get the job. Well that means <laughs> that the only people that means that the only people who will get jobs are people who can are the exact same size as Marge Doucet and the woman who plays Brad Alexander. Oh, it's Wimp. <laughs> okay, Lou. And, and the woman who plays uh, Gita Toyota's character's mom. I can't remember the name at the moment. Maeve Kincaid. Vanessa. Vanessa. Yes. Okay, wait. I have a question. Okay. That's me hissing at you. <laughs> you don't know. Vanessa Chamberlain Lewis. Well, for the most of the time that I've been watching, she's barely been on. She's been on more in the last three months than she has in the previous three years. If I could... If I could make a creature come out of my throat like in that movie, it hairball, <laughs> it would. It gave me the hairball spitter. It you people want like to mean You don't know Vanessa's name. Hey, at least I remembered the actress's name after getting around to it. I mean, that's impressive on my part. Mel, what was your question? I had a question for the panel. Now, since Guiding Light has given PPAC New Jersey $10,000 back, do y'all think this means that the lease is canceled? Or... <laughs> I don't is know. I'm sorry, Bell. Ask your question. Oh, you're meaning, you're meaning and referring to what what happens with As the World Turns? Mm, yes. Do I thought think? that was a gift. Wasn't that a, spe- a separate gift? It, I mean, from, I don't know. From what, the way I understood it, it was a gift. Thank you for... The, thank you for... for being kind enough to close your blinds when Ellen Wheeler runs to these you know, Do you want to be an extra? No, that Ellen woman's a coming. No. 
Okay. I will say I had a really good. I, it's over now, but I thought of a really good like spoof of all this. Like, could you imagine like a movie where some show comes to your town and like the townspeople hate it, <laughs> and yet they all put up with it because of the money it's making, bringing the community. Yeah. Okay. Now they're really walking around. I have a vision that we're going to use this field. No, you're not, some old crotchety woman. Uh, <laughs> you got to go eat trampling on my petunias. <laughs> Jamie, you posted a blind item on Daytime Confidential, and then you broke the news a day later. Uh, Kevin Spiritus is returning to Days of Our Lives as Chloe's dad, Craig. Yes, he is. Craig is coming back because little wee Chloe is going to be poisoned, or she's been poisoned already, by the dastardly Kate Roberts. And our heroine is going to find herself in a coma, and so Daddy Dearest is going to return. You can tell by how sarcastically ridiculous I sound that I think the storyline is lame. I'm glad that Kevin is coming back, but I just I would rather Craig and Nancy come back full time. And you know, Well, that's the thing. Nancy's not coming back, right? Right. No, she won't be coming back. They could come back. They could have him them come back to introduce their daughter, Joy, who could be with the teen set. But, yeah, this is – I've been praising days, but this storyline, this Kate poisoning Chloe stuff is just stupid. Well, I figured out how we can wake Chloe up from the coma. How? We can have Rick on Bold and the Beautiful come back and sing her awake. Well, I wouldn't mind that because, you know, I, did, I don't like being mean to Kyle Louder because I loved him as mean Brady. But, you know, because, well, when I, and I say mean Brady, because I had some of the funniest times watching him and Marlena go try to out-diva each other when Brady didn't like Marlena. But, um, yeah. I would, dressed I, up as Zorro. Oh, Lord. I liked oh, Brady. But, you know, I like this Brady, too. I don't know why they don't put this Brady with Chloe. But, you know, oh, Dr. All shades of hot with that. Dr. Nasty Pants. I'm tired of him. He doesn't Well, he's shade. being framed. Do you think he'll go down? I wish he'd go Well, no. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> he's been going down. That's the problem. <laughs> That's why they all can't get enough of him. But, no, um, I think that they – um. No, they're not getting rid of him because he's part of the plan. And, you know, I hate to even I announce this, but I've read this somewhere, and it's I'm not happy about it. I think I read it in TV Guide magazine that he's going to be part of the Carly storyline. What? I was like, ugh, do what? not let Dr. Nasty Pants mess up Carly's return. Uh-uh. Yeah, Daniel's going to be part of that. I mean, and, he better not be sleeping with I mean, and I like Sean Christian, but they have not written for him worth a damn. Well, so. then it's going to be Lady in a Spa, Lady in a Shower. No, it's going to be, come here. I'll make you forget about that kitty you've been having over there. <laughs> Nobody can resist this. I can turn you. Know, let me stop. But yeah. I don't. It's like <laughs> Sean Christian on paper. Of course, they would, you know, so punk, big, big time. I mean, it's like I want to play Red Rover again. It's like send him to As the World Turns. As Mike. Yeah. Well, no, as, as John Dixon. Of course, as Mike. That's who he plays. Well, not not everybody Jill. knows that. Not everybody knows Get that. Get out of my house, Jill. You stole my husband. Okay. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yes, as Mike. And, you know, have him with Rosanna. You know, because Rosanna's just sitting around playing Auntie Mame to Carly's, you know, brat. But 
Sean has been wasted on this show. They just have him screw everybody. He's gonna he's gonna tap Aunt Maggie soon. Or oh. it's just like, come on. So as though they're trying to test the chemistry with him and they haven't gotten it right. How long has he been on that show for now? You haven't gotten it right. Well, they had it right with him and Nadia, but the story wasn't there. It's so lame. I'm not going to sleep well, and- with Lucas. I'm not gonna cheat on Lucas. And that's the thing. The person who got screwed, it wasn't Chloe that got screwed in that storyline. It was Lucas. I mean, Lucas has become a doofus. No, Lucas can still act, though. He brings Well, he can still act, but the character is just... The other two are phoning the storyline in. Yeah, they need to find... And, you know, Allison Sweeney, unlike Meg at As the World Turns, uh, unlike Marie Wilson, Allison Sweeney actually does have chemistry with every guy they put her with. So... It's like, I almost wish there could be a way to have Sammy, you know, be the milkshake and have Lucas, EJ, and, you know, Rafe all still vying for her. Because for me, that's a lot more interesting having, every time I see Lucas in a scene with Sammy, it just takes me back. I'm like, oh. Well, can you you imagine Rafe, Lucas, and EJ all fighting over her? Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, and there's ways to do it without, I mean, you you know, each one of them has to have a, another viable love interest. And, you know, it's just like it progresses from there. But Chloe is not a viable love interest for Lucas. You know, he's just not, 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 not. I mean, he, he, I would, you know, have him and Nicole, like he, Lucas could find out what Nicole is up to. He had chemistry with Nicole when they were together. Yeah. Um, Oh, very true. Well, speaking of Nicole and Sammy, what did you think of the fact that they tried to call a truce, which will eventually lead up to Sammy going after Nicole when she finds out what Nicole has done? Are you enjoying the groundwork being laid? I am. Oh, they need to ramp it up. I mean, Nicole, they need to go ahead. If this show is trying to get renewed, they need to blast that. They need to reveal very soon and then have Sammy going hard against Nicole for the entire next six months i mean they really need to let that you know i'd go ahead and blast that by november sweeps they need to go ahead and let sammy learn that that host stole her baby and then right then before she can tell anybody nicole needs to put her in that secret room and then i could you know let me cut the promos how many years ago was it it was 90 it was 97 i don't uh, know 12, 12 years ago Kristen blake Held this woman, and I've used Deirdre Hall promos <laughs> in the Tamara secret room, and now her daughter Sammy will endure the same fate. Don't Come miss a day. Off. If you miss a day, you'll miss a lot. Days are our lives. Telling you, people will come like sheep. Bah. You know, they just have killer promos. <laughs> it wasn't even just about the storylines. It was the promos. You would see the promos, and you'd be about to lose your mind. Oh Lord, she got Marlena in a cage. You know, put her lady in the cage. Secret room. You know, and then when Carly come back, they need to go and put her in the ground. This okay. Buried in the ground. Mel, <laughs> Mel. Stop. Ooh. Mel, I've got to ask you about this. You were a big fan of John Driscoll, if I'm not I mistaken, am. on Guiding Light. He made his debut on Young and the Restless. What'd you think? Is it really sad when he walked through the door at Captain's house? I went, Coop! It's alive! And then I came back and remembered. And well lit! <laughs> <laughs> and really tall. I didn't realize that John Driscoll was so Either. tall. But, in those, in, but opposite everybody else in those scenes, he's like a giant. He's like a sequoia boy. Yeah, like, exactly. They have more room. Let me climb that scene now. <laughs> and you can see all of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, oh. I like John Driscoll coming back. You know, I like I John Driscoll, period. Mm. So I think he has good chemistry with Nina and Jill and um, Jeannie Cooper. Catherine. So I don't know. I like him. I was going to say, why are you talking about my Catherine? But you had a Luke moment. Okay. I, I did. Look, I was like, what honest. is her name? Love it. He's good casting. He's going to do well in this role. But Auntie Riri, I'm about to disown you at the family reunion. Don't even, I don't want a piece of your pecan pie this year. Because I'm sorry. That was the lamest. The yeah. lamest. You, I'm sorry. I'm a soap fan. We're all soap fans here. Return from the Dead is a cliche, but it is something soaps have done pretty good for the most part. Even a lame story gets a great return from the dead. I mean, you got people who grew up watching, you know, Victor show back up after the Brad and all of them had taken over the company and Marlena showing up on the docks. You mean we get... Oh, this is your father. Nice to meet you, sir. This story is lame, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They have three firebrand women who are saving the writers and the leading man's ass. It's horrible. And I'm not even going to talk about Tom Beards right now. This writing is dreadful. They have him walking around. I mean it. I don't want you guys to say anything to him. He doesn't even know this man. He's going to tell... This, they're, he's going to tell the mama who's raised this boy by herself. Oh, my Lord. And I thought that, yeah, was, that really was bad. This I is horrible. This is the worst return storyline Daytime has done in a long time. I'm sorry. This Tom Beard's return is terrible. And every beat has become, except for what they're allowing for Trisha, and, you know, and even the the directing. Why are Kay and everybody sitting around drinking tea all the time? People should be up animated and freaking out still. This oh, is wait, a minute, wait a minute, Jamie, though. You have to admit that Catherine's finger has got a good workout pointing it at everybody. Yeah, but I'm sorry, Luke. I'm being serious here. This is ridiculously bad soap opera. Bad, bad, bad setup. I mean, they should not be sitting down sipping their tea. This man, this is 20 years. I've seen people react better when somebody returns from the dead after a year or two years. 20 years. They should be reeling from this. Is and it better? Th- or is it worse than Rebecca Buttig's return? I don't want to talk about Rebecca Buttig. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh-uh. I'm going to have to cut um, in. Okay, I'm going to have to cut in here. Clip off. Um, yeah, Clipper. I'm going to have to... I don't want to talk about Rebecca Buddy. <laughs> Thank you. What well, you said it? it was one of the worst, the worst in a long time. Is. It hurt. It was bad. Let me pick you up. Ah. We ain't trying to hear about Rebecca Buddy right about now. Sorry. It's all about the Chancellor women. And I'm sorry. I have to cut in there seriously, though. It is just... For Jill ah. just to be sitting there drinking tea and just... Okay, I understand why Philip did it. I don't believe this, and I don't buy it. Jill mm-hmm. Abbott, for Jill Abbott to be like, okay, I'm, 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 okay, I believe why Kane pulled this on me. He had good intentions. Are you that serious? Or not, not even like- the Kane. Ugh. Yeah, she, that's she, a beat that's not getting. But Philip is not- alive. This boy, this colored this whole family's history for twenty years, and. You know, Nina's like, the writing is just bad. I don't like how, how they have do you see? 
I don't, you sorry. see what you missed out on for all those years? This is stupid. This and is for like to reprimand her. That is what a mother would say. And for Jill, Jill's made it a point over the years. She does not like anybody to fuck with her family and to try to hoodwink her. She went hard on Amber for hoodwinking Kay. She went double hard on Chloe for doing that to both Billy and Kane. And you mean to tell me she's just washing her hands because it's Philip? I don't think so. And they're writing Philip. This guy is a douchebag. They're writing oh, Philip like the worst character ever. Like, so what? You're gay. So what? It's like you're sitting here. I mean, if they would have, if, if the writing would have sold it, yes, it could have been a powerful. Mm-hmm. Great storyline. I felt so conflicted. I had to fake. He's like, this is why I had to do this. Right here. The see here. The stuff you guys are doing. I will pull out a gun and shoot him in his <laughs> kneecap. I wouldn't kill him, but I'd pop him in his kneecap for that. The only saving grace with that is Catherine. It seems as though someone on that writing staff knows we feel that this story is bullshit. Because when Catherine said, that is BS. You didn't even give us a chance. But she facilitates. Yeah, she yeah. says that and has a great screaming moment then the next day she's telling nina to be quiet when nina's oh, saying that nina, that. now nina it's like it's there's no consistency there this is a horrible setup and this was a huge storyline and they dropped they didn't just drop the ball the ball me. just fell off the earth this was a huge big fuck up for auntie riri for the dream yes. team and you the, know this was like after the cowboys her. stopped going to the Super Bowl. We have been praising the show, and it's like, this was hideous. It was terrible. It's bad. The only person who was consistent about this was Billy. When Billy was in the hospital and was like, this guy, let Kay uh, think that she gave she traded babies and he abandoned his family and then when nina was like billy stop it when billy was like no you stop it and when he ho checked i'm like he is speaking for the fans like i don't understand why they are they're letting this go i wouldn't even need a lot of crazy reaction yet i just don't know why they're not still reeling you know this is not something you recover from you know in a a couple of weeks over chamomile tea it's just not They've made a point when Catherine, quote unquote, died. They made a point to make it seem as though Philip was the love of Nina's life. The love of her life is back and told her, yeah, I faked my and death. And, I and going back to the very origin of the show, he's a living, breathing symbol of of Jill and Kay's feud. He's the child Jill bore Kay's husband. I mean, it's just this was too significant for them to just let this be fucked up in an attempt to rush the story beats. And this family, you mean to tell me, after everything they've gone through with Jill not being Kay's daughter and Kane not being a chancellor, has anyone asked this man for a DNA test? I mean, this is why LML, why Maria was able to clean up that mess because LML did the stupid phone call and never followed up. They dropped the ball because you've been duped now three, four times by imposters. No one has asked this man for a DNA test. So the next writer can come in and say, oh no, that wasn't even really him. It was, you know, it's just like there are beats that need to be played here and they are not playing them. It, is, it, it was bad. This Friday's episode of YNR was terrible. You got uh, Kane going and talking to Amber out of the blue. If you've got any secret that you need, this is no. acne. This is so plot driven no. and, and bad. 
for what? Amber of all people to give attitude and be like, I can't believe that you did that to Mrs. Chance. I'm like, hello. Well, I can see that because she should be ticked because he acted so sanctimonious with her. But him going to her and that's just plot driven because they know that they're setting up that she has a secret about Deacon. And so it's like, you mean that after everything Kane has done, he has time to stop off and say, you, that's only to drive Amber's next plot. It's plot-driven writing, and that's bad. And they, they well, know that this Mel, is bad. Mel, yeah. I want to ask you something real quick. Earlier, Jamie said he wasn't going to be having any of Auntie Riri's pecan pie because of what's going on. Will will, will you be having a piece of pecan pie considering they're getting rid of um, Tam and Sursock as Colleen? Oh, Jamie's going to get mad at me because he likes Tammy. Uh, no, I don't like her. I mean, yes, I'm happy. Maybe I have a slither because Tammy <laughs> Sersek is leaving. But I totally Did agree. Did you call it Sersek? Whatever, same difference. Oh, I wish her the greatest of success outside yes. of daytime. I agree with Jamie and Jillian about the writing in this big Philip return story. Like, it's really, really bad. The only thing that's saving it is the performances. It's Trisha Cass and Daniel Goddard and Jess Walton and Jeannie Cooper. Like, the writing, yeah. like, I just felt like when he was like, well, Kivel was like, well, I faked my death because I was gay. And I was like, for real? Like, See, I said that it? last week. I said that last week. And Mr. You know? Kidd like... Auntie Mimi told me to tell you. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I did not say that about that. <laughs> yes, you did. I said, uh-uh. Not about the faking death. No, you be rewriting history. I did not say that about the faking death. I said that was lame last week, too. Yes, I did. Go oh. listen. Okay, before have, we have, have both of these two rewriting history, someone can go back and listen to it and clarify it on blog. I said it was lame last week. Oh. I said I other I stuff. Now, Jamie, um, Lily is diagnosed with cancer. How do you think this story is shaping up? Hmm. Oh, I, want, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's, I, Crystal did a really bang-up job being a young woman scared, you know, about her medical life. It really drove home the point of how young Lily really is and how they keep putting her in. Like, Lily never got a young adult storyline. I mean, if you think about it, she was married before she was in, out of her teens, and then now she's on her second bad marriage, and it's like, but now this is just driving home the fact that this is a very young woman who never even got to go get drunk at a frat party. Now we're giving her female cancer. As my grandmother would call it. It's just like, can this girl get a young adult storyline? I mean, God. I mean, well, I don't she's know. pushing 30. It's too late. This now. Show is already, what are you talking about? She's pushing I'm joking. 30. Don't this do that. It's so dark, though, right now. It's like, mm -hmm. it's too dark. You know, I heard that I didn't even know what happened with Summers. I mean, the, I guess I missed that point. And I heard, you know, Jack said on Friday that. <laughs> Nick and uh, Phyllis's baby is basically thinking it's a toddler again. I'm like, who is coming? Okay, I'm sorry. It's like the storylines have been so good and riveting, and it's like I really think a lot of things threw it into a wrench that maybe I wouldn't have even picked up on it because they are still driving a lot of stories good. But the recast of uh, Adam, you know, followed by the, 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 the return of Tom Beards kind of gave me a chance to pause and look at some stuff and 
you know, it's it's dead babies and sick babies and sick people with dead cats. And I think the cat is funny, but this show is just becoming an abysmal, dark, ugly show. It's sort of in the place that One Life to Live was a few months back with all the yeah, they've Children. got to lighten this show up. I mean, I did not know. I thought this would be the usual soapy thing where Little Summer came back. Okay, you know that the baby got to learn how to talk again. It's like oh. it's, not, it's, it's like to me, it's like GH without the mob stuff. When GH was so dark, it's sort of like GH without the mob stuff because I'm just sitting there. I'm like, damn, ain't nobody getting no love in the afternoon. Everybody is someone's got a rotten, you know, someone's. Stomach is just filled with just I don't know what, and then Lily can't have no. You know, Lily is in the hospital, and then Summer's in the hospital, and it is just bad. I don't like. Well, the show is not bad, but it is just badly. Well, they've got too many children and people. You had a miscarriage. You had a miscarriage. You have a baby in the hospital. You have talking pussies. Oh Jesus. It's becoming very plot heavy, and it's like there. A lot of them have been good plots, riveting yeah. plots, but it's all about getting to the next plot. I mean, it's just it's becoming too plot heavy. And then it took, you know, they've been so good with these major plots that it, you know, and the acting has been so good with most of them that it was kind of hard to take a to slow down and see the some of the things. But it's like I'm sorry when you have Tom Beards come in and. You feel sorry for the imposter. You have to pause, and it's like, mm. you know, again, I was I was looking forward to this story. I know that it's a personal one for Tom Beards, and I I'm just like, I'm just I did not want <clears throat> I did not want to feel this way about this story. I did not, but it's just bad. I'm sick of, you know. Ashley not having a clue. I'm enjoying the oh, Ashley story, okay. but I need Ashley to have a clue. Did you see and her peeking he, out that door? Like, she's crazy. I oh, mean, how God. many times is Sabrina, you know, we applauded that they went ahead and got rid of Sabrina, but Sabrina gets more story time now in death. It's like, oh, how many times yeah, Lauren Finmore does. And on that note, we're going to final thoughts. Jillian. My final thought is... Like I said before, Auntie Riri, I love you like cook food, like Jay-Z said. But you need, to, <laughs> you need to sit back and take stock at what is going on. For When Nina came back the first time, you drove home that Philip is the love of this woman's life. The love of her life has come back and admitted that he's gay. Then he admits that he's gay and faked his death. He admits that he's gay, faked his death, and would do it all over again. And all Nina is saying is... I understand. That's not the Nina Weber. No. I, that's not Nina. I know Nina would have been all up in his grill and tried to bust him in the face. She would have shot him like she did David Kimball. She shot David Kimball for less lies than Philip. Okay. Over. And Jill for Jill to just bust a cap on him for Jill to just wring her hands when she's been played. Not she's been played not once, not twice, but mm-hmm. three times. That's out it's, of character for her. That is out of character for Jill. I'm waiting for Jill to lose her stack and to get up in Philip's face. The only person that's being consistent with that is Billy. So you need to get it together. Who wasn't even born when he died? Was he even born when he died? You need to get it together or, you know, you will not be able to come to the family picnic anymore, Miss Bell. So did anyone in your... No, poor Chance. Poor John Driscoll. He thought he had bad lines on God and Light. So did anyone else in the family know you were alive? It's like, what are you doing? What is this? This isn't a neighbor from across the... No, 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 no. I got it better. I got it better. I've seen death 
I've seen dead people, but they usually stay dead. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, this was just <laughs> bad. It was, oh my God. Jamie. I was like, if I watch it, why it are, is this as the world turns? Did Barbara Bloom go in there and switch footage? I mean, but Jamie, final thought? My final thought is I'm mad, Auntie Riri. Now, you done, you done had us put our neck out for you. Now, you get it together. You get this shit together. It's Miss Arena Bell. This might need to be some of them times when Gloria Monte came into GH, and she just said, okay, everything that we got shot in the can, throw that shit out. We're going to start fresh because this is bad, and it's going to get worse if some things aren't fixed. It's like flag on the play. Houston, we have a problem. Let's regroup in the locker room and have Paul Rauch in there with some chalk. And I don't even know sports, but I'm telling you. I watched Friday's show and I was like, the honeymoon is over. You I was know? mad. I was mad Friday. I was <laughs> mad, boy. I was, I was mad last know? week, Tom Beards, you know, when he was Ooh. first telling those, you know, oh, well, you guys just wouldn't leave me alone. I, I wanted ice cream week. and made me get, I wanted vanilla and you made me get chocolate so I killed myself. And then now this week, hello, was- sir, nice to meet you. I'm your, you're my dad who like died and, you know, it's like, this is terrible. I don't even I know was- how to the words I, st- I wanted to write a post about it but i was like where do i begin i was so mad when i saw it i was just like well last no. week I was pissed, but th- this week mm-hmm. i was mad next week i don't I'm know a- boy mel final thought my final thought is i'm very sad mara west is on maternity leave from as the world turns um, you and luke you and luke both i am it's true um as not as well oh the next however many weeks it is are going to be really hard oh yeah it's gonna be rough because i'm a star fan too she's one of the final things that make you watch that show um (laughs) for you on the restless i agree jamie and jillian auntie riri you tripping stop it she and uncle paul she and uncle hogan up out. Okay, on that note, we would encourage you to send your comments to podcast at daytimeconfidential.com. Comment on this episode at daytimeconfidential.com. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, y'all. Bye.